My check, my check, one, two, one, two. You listen to ATO Talks Radio on the number one streaming urban talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I am Barrington Martin II. I know I am two minutes late. I'm normally not late, but I just got some kind of sort of disturbing news. I'm going to wait for it to come out. Don't even know if it's true. I hope it's not true. Um, some of you know I'm a big wrestling fan. We lost a legend yesterday in Terry Funk. And apparently another... Um, great wrestler has passed away, but it's neither here nor there. But I don't know that to be true yet, so I don't want to be um, premature on the news. So not even going to talk about it because that kind of hurt my heart. I won't even lie to you. But again, you're listening to ATL Talks Radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is Barrington Martin II. And this is the Barrington Report. You can catch me every Thursday here at 7 o'clock on only on ATL Talks Radio, only on iHeartRadio. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google, Apple Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and, of course, www.atltalks.com. Y'all, I got a lot of trash to talk tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to make a lot of you mad because I'm going to tap into your belief systems. But before we get into that, I think it's important to get into the news. It's not news, the things that we need to be focused on, but we're not focused on simply because we are so distracted by the distractions of our day and of our society. Now, the news today is going to be quite little because I'm going to step into the pulpit and preach a little bit because this is what I have to do. And you know I have to call out the unnecessariness that I see in our society today within the West, specifically within America. Now, of course, you guys know the BRICS Summit has been going on. And so I wanted to give you guys insight on what the BRICS Summit is and essentially what's been going on. So... The BRICS Summit is a group of trading nations, um, which is hoping to rival the G7 and grow in size. And it just invited six new countries to join, and they will be joining January as of next year. And those new countries are Iran and Saudi Arabia. BRICS, which has until now comprised of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, has announced their proposed expansion at the group's three-day summit in Johannesburg. The bloc has invited Saudi Arabia, Iran, Ethiopia, Egypt, Argentina, and the UAE to join, and they will be formally admitted January 2024. BRICS was founded in 2000, excuse me, was founded in 2009 with hopes to champion the global south and serve as a counterweight to the politically dominant G7 nations. The G7 consists of UK, US, Canada, France, Italy, Japan, and Germany. Now, beautiful people, you got to understand that the political landscape in geopolitics is changing. And yet we are so small minded in America to think that we're still as dominant as we've ever been. Sure, we still are remain to be the powerhouse but as much as we like to claim that all of our enemies are outside of the united states most of our enemies or the strongest enemies that we have are from within and people do not understand this and people won't get this until it's too late and i really feel that we're slowly but surely approaching this point and it's kind of a slow burn um the destruction of the united states of america as many philosophers, as, as many great thinkers have said, will never come from the outside, but it will come from within. And this is what we are seeing, right? And so um, I think it's important to understand what is happening around us while, or what is forming around us, rather, while we are self-destructing, because I don't know if you guys have realized this or not, but we are self-destructing as a country, and it starts with 
the foundational frameworks that has kept us strong all this time. But I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, BRICS officials have argued against concerns that the bloc is developing an anti-West position under the influence of China and Russia. Its five founding countries are home to 40% of the world's population and responsible for more than 30% of the global economic output. That is very, very important. Um, China's President Xi Jinping states that the membership expansion is historic. It shows the determination of BRICS countries for unity and cooperation with the broader developing countries. The expansion is BRICS' first but looks unlikely to be the last, as the group says, another 16 nations have formally requested to join. Beautiful people, this is important stuff, but yet it hasn't really been on the news simply because we've been focused on the GOP Republican debate and we've been focused on Donald Trump getting um, indicted. And it's funny because all the attention has been on those two things, but the world still moves on. The world is still going on. Um... Let me see what else. Vladimir Putin report remotely attacks. He's attacking the West remotely because of his uh, arrest risk. Vladimir Putin did not travel after the International Criminal Court issued a warrant for his arrest for the abduction of children um, from Ukraine. I was going to report on this story, but I chose not to because as of today, I am completely ensuring that on my platform, I'm giving you the stories that matter most internationally, but I'm keeping America first in everything that I do. And again, I'm going to speak on this later. Russia has instead been represented in Johannesburg by Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, while Putin delivered a 17-minute pre-recorded video address on Tuesday. All eyes are currently on Russia amid the claim by authorities there that Wagner Mercenary Group Chief, um, the, the gentleman that was shot down yesterday, uh, Prigozhin, has been killed in a plane crash, but Putin has yet to announce reports. But today, he sent his condolences to the family. Not going to be uh, speculative about Vladimir Putin's involvement with that. But, man, if he is, he's cold-blooded. Um, shout out to everyone who's listening on Twitter right now. Ice Cold Geek, if you can hear me, brother, please, please, please give me uh, some some type of emoji to let me know you hear me clearly. Also, shout out to the beautiful people listening in internet land. My brother, he hears me. Okay. Moving on. Um, so this this basically went on. This article basically went on about Vladimir Putin and his uh, thoughts and ideas and whatever. But beautiful people, please understand that again, the world's landscape is changing. America is not is not no longer or, or is is losing its place as that dominant powerhouse because everyone else is starting to gain confidence and gain traction about um, being that leader or being that powerhouse that America once was. This is no longer the '90s. This is even no longer the 2000s. Um, the more we continue to self-destruct socially, the more we continue to self-destruct politically, we're going to start seeing other nations seeing our weaknesses. And this is what's been happening over the last 20 years. And it's important that we take note of this. And it's important that we no longer entrust our government to fix things for us. And we entrust ourselves and have a hard look in the mirror about what needs to be done in order for us to move forward and be the country that we know that we can be. It's ironic because to me, President Trump, in 2016 ran on make america great again but i want to pivot that and i want to part with that that the idea because america was once great and i agree that america was once great but america can be better than it's ever been before and again i'm going to get on this later because when i step into the pulpit about this specific topic i'm going to make a lot of you guys mad but i'm going to make a lot of you guys think because 
It is totally, totally time for Americans to become knowers and not believers. But I'm going to get on that later. Uh, Asian Americans have greater exposure to toxic forever chemicals than other groups, studies finds. Asian Americans have significantly higher exposure to cancer-linked forever chemicals than any other ethnic or racial group in the country. A new study has found. This is interesting to me because I find it funny that finally um, a publication, this is coming from The Hill, has reported something like this about Asian Americans. We normally don't hear bad statistics in respect to Asians, but this is the first one to my knowledge. By accounting for different sources of community, community contact with toxic, toxic PFAS, such as diets and behaviors, Mount Sinai researchers determined that median exposure levels of Asian Americans are 88.5% higher than those of non-Hispanic white Americans. But the interesting thing about this is that if, if you look at any statistic from the CDC, uh, you will find that normally and commonly Asian Americans or Asians in general are far healthier than any other American uh, within the United States of America. And I find this report interesting simply because the data set and the metrics that are have been known for years have shown that a lot of the common diseases that America's have, Americans have, heart disease, um, lung disease, cancer, Asian Americans always rank lower than any other racial group within America. And it's quite interesting that this is coming out, yet I don't know the long-term ramifications of this and what will end up happening to the health of Asian Americans simply because they have been coming known to be the healthiest Americans. These disparities are hidden if we use a one-size-fits-all approach quantifying everyone's exposure burden. See what I'm saying? Lead author Shelley Liu, an associate professor of population health science at Mount Sinai's School of Medicine, said in a statement, these findings published Thursday in Environmental Science and Technology are the first to account for the complex ways in which different groups of people encounter these compounds when calculating an individual's overall exposure burden. Exposure burden to, PF, to PFAS or per and polyfluorinated substances is defined as a person's cumulative exposure to these synthetic compounds of which there are found thousands of types. Interesting. I won't finish reading this, but this is very interesting because of what I said previously. But this is what I wanted to report on because this is going to give into what I want to talk about. And I have about one or two, two more articles, but these two articles right here, these two articles right here, Deliver the foundation from what I'm about to speak on. I feel I legitimately feel like the spirit of my late grandmother is in the room with me because I'm legitimately about to start preaching, but I'm not preaching from the gospel of a Bible, yet I'm preaching from current events and facts and what is going on with us at this time. So, Top Journal Science says, and science was in quotation marks with this, says more than 2,600 of its papers may have been exaggerated claims. I'm going to say that one more time. A top journal, quote-unquote science in quotation marks, says that 2,600 of its papers may have been exaggerated. A nonprofit watchdog reported that the AAAS received millions of dollars per year from the federal government. The AAAS publication, Science, is reviewing 2,600 of its own articles for possible exaggeration. A top international science journal funded by the federal government recently acknowledged that thousands of its publication research papers may contain, contain misleading language. More than 2,600 of the papers from Science, the peer-reviewed academic journal of 
the American Association for the Advancement of Science and one of the world's top academic journals was examined in depth by another research journal, journal Scientometrics. It found a study from 1997 to 2021, the use of hedging words that have fallen about 40%. The study's co-author, Nanjing University linguist Ying Wei, said that this revelation ought to be concerning because essentially the nature of academic knowledge is indeterminate. Do you guys remember over the last three years, the favorite words from politicians, from the leaders of institutions that we trust the most? And I quote, Trust the science. Now, it has been revealed that one of the top scientific papers or scientific journals, science, can't even be relied upon because most much of its content has been exaggerated. So what does hedging mean? It means using cautious language, could appear to, to avoid sounding overconfident and giving readers a misleading conclusion. In 1997, there were about 115.8 hedging examples per 10,000 words, but by 2021, there were only 67.42 for the same amount. This means that much of the articles by 2021 to today have been like basically using assertive language, letting us know that the science is finalized and not indeterminate. Guys, this is a big deal because basically bad science has been used to promote bad ideas and these bad ideas have hurt people, yet no one has been brought to justice about these things. Science's new divi news division highlighted this study of research and said that the reduction of in hedging, according to some, suggests a worrisome risk, excuse me, rise of unreliable, exaggerated claims. According to the nonprofit Influence Watch, the federal government is the largest identifiable, identifiable source of funding for AAAS, giving it $3.3 million annually between 2008 and in 2017, not counting other grants it has received. Science was first published in 1880 with seed money from Thomas Edison. In 2020, AAAS highlighted several scientists who steadfastly insisted that questions regarding COVID-19 coming from the Wuhan lab was merely a conspiracy theory. AAS also repeatedly promoted COVID-19 vaccines. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. Everything that we need to know about the fact that we cannot trust our institutions is in our face, yet we continuously, we continuously possess this ideal of doing the same or practicing the same behaviors towards these institutions. When are we going to get it together? The writing is on the wall. The evidence is in our face, but yet we continuously ignore it. Why is that? We have to stop continuing these behaviors that do not allow us to obtain the outcomes that we are looking for because we continuously see ourselves within these cycles of things that continuously disappoint us, that continuously take away our belief in government and our belief in each other ultimately. And yet and still, we don't change. We want change, but we don't change. At some point in time, we have to do things differently. and We continuously don't do things differently. Let me give you an example. Moving on. So, again, for those who just joined us, the top journal Science says more than 2,600 of its papers have been exaggerated, and it gives insight that over the last couple of years, 
that the science published in respect to the COVID-19 pandemic as well as vaccinations has been incorrect. Moving forward, China's president sends sweet love messages to encouraging baby making. This came out two days ago in Hong Kong. Family planning authorities in the historic Chinese city of Xi'an um, texted residents this week wishing them sweet love, marriages, and childbirth and to create good fertility in a new move to boost the country's flagging birth rate. This message was reported by local media, including on the official Weibo of China Newsweek and coincided with the uh, festival on August 22nd, known as China's Valentine's Day, a traditional holiday celebrating love and romance. The message was sent by Yang's Health Commission and Yang's Family Planning Association. Both government departments did not immediately respond to requests for comments. Um, continue the blood of China and share the important task of rejuvenation. The Weibo Post of China Newsweek read. It added that marriage... Listen to this now. This is China. It added that marriage... And childbearing should be done at the right age, but did not give further details. The message comes as China's government tries to encourage young couples to have children as an increase, increasing number of women put off having child, having children or opting to having none at all. Many women cite the high cost of childbearing, same as U.S., difficulty in continuing their career, gender discrimination and not wanting to get married as key factors for not wanting children. Official rules in China make it hard for single or unmarried women to have children out of wedlock, but some provinces like Sichuan and the Southwest have started liberalizing laws in the past year to boost fertility levels. Concerned about China's first population drop in six decades, its rapidly aging population, the government's political advisors proposed in March that single and unmarried women should have access to egg freezing and in vitro fertilization treatment, among other services. Now, beautiful people, this is the problem that we are running into in our own country. Yet our government isn't doing what's necessary to correct this. So, so Barry, what would you do? Well, first and foremost, the most important thing is that we have to stop subsidizing single motherhood and stop subsidizing bad decisions. Family, family is the beacon and the foundation to American success. Everybody understands this. This is not even a, this is not even an American concept, ladies and gentlemen. This is a concept of humanity. When family is strong, communities are strong. When communities are strong, uh, cities are strong. When cities are strong, states are strong. When states are strong, regions are strong. When regions are strong, then the entire nation is running on all cylinders. This is common sense. This is common sense. But, but we are living in a nation, in a society in a world right now that is governed by belief and governed mostly by ideology. But again, one more story, and I'm going to move past this, and we're going to talk about it in totality. New York Governor Kathy, I don't know her last name, is Hochul, maybe, is calling for the Biden administration to expedite work visas, give up federal land to build homes for illegals, give them food assistance, schooling assistance, health care, and free transportation. It is estimated that this will cost taxpayers billions and will still ignore the fact that New York has one of the largest populations of homeless Americans in the country. Many of them are being denied shelter, mental health care, and other assistance. Ladies and gentlemen, this was reported today around 4 o'clock. At what point in time are we going to begin to put America first? Let me ask you this again. At what point in time are we going to put America first? 
because we are past due and people are struggling yet we continue to shell out money to Ukraine. We continue to help these people come into our nation illegally who are quote unquote asylum seekers when they're not really asylum seekers. They're looking for the same opportunities that Americans are entitled to. But again, we are so governed by ideology. We are ignoring the needs of our own countrymen. This is a very problematic. Let me say this. Let me and please listen to me clearly when I say this. Your vote will not matter next fall. Your vote will not matter next fall. Your God is ideology and he continues to forsake you. You are either his sacrifice or a masochist, but either way, you offer yourself a willing thing to him and he continuously disappoints you. Beliefs. Another election is approaching and again. We as Americans are offering ourselves up and fattening ourselves up to slaughter. When will we recognize the truth that there is no savior in Washington, D.C.? They show us this time and time and time and time and time again. Yet we have this, this understanding, this psychosis that when we go to that ballot box on November 4th and press that button, all of our problems are going to go away. And that's not the case at all. I don't even want to discuss the debate. I'm not going to even discuss Trump being uh, indicted in his mugshot. I'm not going to even discuss the interview Trump had with Tucker Carlson because it's all entertainment. It is all entertainment. It is all distracting us from what really matters. These people are making money for the big time publications, the big time news corporations. And in the meantime, Americans are out here struggling. Inflation is still a problem. The causes of food are still a problem. Unemployment is still an issue. But yet and still, we are not looking at each other as country men and country women and understanding that we got to help out each other. No, we are so divided by ideology. We do not understand what needs to take place, although the solutions are simple. The most important decisions going forward are going to come through the local level, ladies and gentlemen. Government has gotten too big, federal government that is, even at the state level, but you got to understand, you got to understand that the solutions to the problem will not come from voting in November 4th. It's not going to come from the president. It's not going to come from the vice president. It's not going to come from your Congress. It's not going to come from your Senate. Why do I say this? Because everything in America is for sale. Why haven't you all understood this yet? Everything is for sale. You're not on the top of the list of these people. They're going to go in these debates and tell you everything that you want to hear. You're going to have the president of the United States, excuse me, the former president of the United States, go on these interviews and speak as if he's the victim. And yes, 1,000%. His indictment is wrong. The justice system is wrong, but we knew this already. They're going to talk about how they care about the Constitution. They haven't gave a damn about the Constitution. More of you have less rights than you did 20 years ago. This is facts. You can look this up. They pull you and string you along and tug at your emotions and your heartstrings. And every time you go and vote and every time you look up a year later, you lost something, then gained something. At what point do we realize in the words of G Money from one of my favorite movies, which is New Jack City, shouts out to Wesley Snipes. At what point do we realize, and I quote, we all we got, 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are all we have. By we, I mean Americans. By we, I mean your neighbors. By we, I mean your community. By we, I mean everybody in your household. That is all you have, your blood. China is already working on doing the things that are necessary to allow their women to have kids. China is not liberal at all, but they're trying to allow their single women to have children. They're, to me, I hope they understand the ramifications of that. I hopefully they understand the ramifications and the problem within the culture that they've already established and how that goes against that. Because if not, oh, it's going to be tough. But I think China gets it. I think they understand. That's why they're playing the long game. Again, China is not the biggest enemy of the United States of America in spite of what your favorite political candidate may tell you. They're not. The biggest enemy of the United States of America is within the walls of the United States of America. We are our own worst enemy. We see this every day. Our politics is backwards. We think that political thought is binary when it's fluid. No one's all liberal. No one's all conservative. This is why I constantly tell people I don't consider myself a conservative. I may have considered conservative thoughts, but I'm flexible. Why? Because my mind changed when facts are presented. Yet, we have a government that totally emphasizes BS. We think political thought is binary and something like sex and gender is fluid. No. That goes against the natural order of things. That goes against legitimate science. And I just told you guys that the paper Science Itself that's been around since the 1800s just came out and said that for the last 23, 30 years, much of what they printed, 22,600 of their articles, was that have been exaggerated. Now we're finding out that we're being lied to, and we, we've already known that we've been lied to. We've already understood that we've been lying to. We all possess a certain level of consciousness within ourselves to know when something's not right, but yet for whatever reason, we haven't been listening to this. Why? Because ideology has become the new religion. We're governed by beliefs, but do we even know what we believe? Really think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Really think about this. Today, today, I saw a person, I saw a gentleman state that he wished that uh, Vivek Ramswani was white. He wished that he was white because he loves his ideas, but, and I quote, he said that he could, we would never uh, vote for Pajit. Very racist. Of course, this is, this, this, this is ridiculous to say. But it is the reality of our society. But I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. We are governed by our beliefs. The, the, the politicians have become gods. The religion, people's religion and devout religion and, un, and, and totally submitted to their religion have totally, um, in my opinion, in my estimation, allowed them to totally forget logic and totally forget the truth of the matter of the society that we have to live in and that we engage in. What do I mean by that? Your religious beliefs should not be so overwhelming on your thought process where it totally removes you from the actual reality of what you're living. Let me give you an example of what I mean But I say this. You guys have to understand that in, in respect to religious, and I don't mean to disrespect your beliefs, but, it's, but in my opinion, something that I 
hold myself accountable to is knowing rather than believing. You have to understand that when you think about the holy wars, you think about when people fought over beliefs back then, they legitimately fought to the death over their beliefs, meaning that one side said that my God believes this. The other said that our God believes this. And when whoever wins as we fight to the death, we're going to say that that God or that belief of that God of those individuals reigns supreme. Guys, this was this was like hundreds of years ago when people were so uncivil and did not know too much. Now we have access to more information than any other human being at any other point in time. Yet we still carry ourselves as barbarians. We still carry ourselves as if our understanding of life, understanding of politics, understanding society is um, so prehistoric. We have to do better amongst one another. We really have to do better amongst one another. When I when I look at the news and I see black people, white people, different people possess some type of savior complex towards a politician that they believe in, it allows me to see how much they don't care about themselves. It allows me to see that everybody is looking for a savior. It allows me to see just how silly our thought processes as human beings remains and how we haven't really evolved like we think we have we have to understand that america is in need of a new mythos what do i mean by this what is mythos Mythos is the pattern of basic values and attitudes of a people characteristically transmitted through myths and the arts. So what do I mean by that? Let's take, let's take, let's, I'm, I'm going to break it down from a nationalistic standpoint. Then I'm going to break it down from a racial standpoint. The American mythos is predicated on a lot of things that we learned in, in school. And that's where the indoctrination process comes in. Barry, what are you talking about? History is basically a studying of the mythos of the ideas of the stories that are taught to you, which builds up your understanding of your country and your understanding of yourself within the country. So, for example, K through 12, when you learn about American history, what do you learn for first? 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's the first story you learn. You learn Christopher Columbus um, found America. And I'm speaking about this on a very basic, simplistic level. I'm not going to get into the um, complicated aspects of world history, but I'm just going to give you insight on what we learn. Christopher Columbus, 1492. Then you learn about uh, 1796, Crispus Attucks, the first um, blood that spilled to start the American Revolution. We learned about the Declaration of Independence, um, Articles of Confederation. Then you go into the Civil Rights Movement. Excuse me. Then you go into the Civil War. Excuse me. Then you go into antebellum slavery. Then you go into, you know, though that's basically the foundation that creates or generates the American mythos. The primary words you understand is independence, revolution, freedom, liberty. That is beat in our heads as far as American America Americans, excuse me, is concerned, right? Now, over the course of time, our country has been infiltrated through um I would say Marxist ideologues or Bolshevism, as I like to say, where people are taught or people have been taught to hate America. People have been taught to look at America as a bad thing. The reason this is important because this is the new mythos that's been set 
right now there was a uh, report that came out in the last couple of days is how many Americans will feel proud to fight for his country. And I think we were somewhere around within 40 percent. That's that is bad. That's horrible. Less than half of Americans will feel pr proud to fight for their country. But again, I'm not a status. Not at all. I'm not a status, excuse me. I'm not a status, but I do understand the very importance of nationalism or possessing some type of um, nationalist identity. Because right now, America is having an identity crisis. We no longer have things that are American-owned. We no longer have too many things that are American-made, American-grown. We don't have too many things that are American-based, and we definitely do not have American values. We have to make America a brand name again. And that starts with each other. But more importantly, that starts with us being proud that this is our country. That starts with us being pissed off that our elected officials are putting immigrants and everybody else first but us. Because we matter most. We want to say black lives matter. We want to say white lives matter. We want to say blue lives matter. No, 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 no. American lives matter. I hate that, that slogan. I hate that phrase. But... Life has taught me over the last three years, people have rudimentary mindsets, so they need something to believe. They need something to gravitate towards. So why don't we gravitate towards each other? We watch our nation on a federal level give all this money to Ukraine. We watch our nation give all this aid to countries that don't necessarily benefit us. I know some of you might be saying, hey, but no, no, these countries do benefit us. No, they do not. No. They benefit the politicians that are working those deals. They benefit the corporations that are putting the money in the politicians' pocket that are working those deals. The regular American does not see any benefit towards any aid to any country, no matter what you think. And that is the reality of it. We have this idea that there needs to be a top-down approach in, in respect to politics. But no, there needs to be a lateral movement, meaning that we have to come together because only we dictate the top of the pyramid. Yet people are not understanding this, ladies and gentlemen. And it's important. It's important for us to do this because we have to know and we have to understand that being American must mean something good for once. We have to redefine the values of this country. What we are witnessing ultimately is what freedom without two times the commitment to responsibility and accountability has done. And that change that we're looking for will not take place and cannot take place in D.C. And it starts with us. Again, what is the American mythos? Once it was freedom, once it was independence. But yet we turn back and we look back at history and instead of questioning for truth we're questioning for moral and moral values what do i mean by that people have the, the audacity and the tendency to say that oh well uh thomas jefferson wrote the declaration of independence yet he owned slaves well well the truth of the matter the nuance to that is that a lot of wealthy people owned slaves back then because that was common and that's just the truth did that make them bad people sure we can judge them based on our current morals and our current standards but if you lived back then and your family owned slaves you would think there were no problem with it and that's just the facts and people will hear me say this and say oh you're making excuses for slavery no i'm telling you the the brutal honesty of the time that existed back then because the, the truth of the matter is this ladies and gentlemen and this is why we're in this predicament we have allowed so much discourse to take place within this country without a limit or without any type of structural nuance to these discourses and we have allowed people to feel emboldened to, to pontificate and 
spread all of this obnoxious rhetoric in respect to the past, even though a lot of people don't even know the proper um, or the truth of the past itself. Because the truth of the matter is this. Much of the history that we know is legitimately his story or the story that is promoted by the victors. Why is it, for example, that black kids growing up don't understand that there were black people that owned slaves? Why is it that when you look at the black mythos or the mythos of black Americans within America, their mythos is this, and this is legitimately, I feel like, and I, I think it will point to a lot of problems, is that their mythos is based on slavery, oppression, pain, always being under the thumb of the government. Then you move into antebellum, you, days you move into Jim Crow, you move into black codes, still oppression, still being under the thumb of the man. Then you move into civil rights, still oppression, under the thumb of the man. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, sprinkle a little bit of people here and there. And then we fast forward all the way to President Barack Obama. That is the mythos of black people in America. Do you not know how sad that is? What is mythos again for those who just joined us? It's the pattern of basic values and attitudes of a people. The pattern of basic values and attitudes of a people characteristically transmitted through myths and the arts. What is the, what is the, the art of black Americans today that is popularized? Rap music. What is the sole basis, what is the sole content of rap music today? Kill. Delayed gratification. Flossing, bragging, braggadocio attitudes. Ice, jewelry consumption really think about this people the mythos on a smaller level and a larger level has to change in this country in order for us to move forward because if not we are basically repeating human behaviors of the past that has led to a lot of anguish a lot of people say oh history repeats itself no no it's not that history repeats itself because people are ignorant of history no that's such a small feeble-minded concept history repeats itself because human behavior is finite if somebody behaved the way in 32 bc chances are they're going to behave the same way in 2023 why because human beings emotionally and behaviorally act the same and it's finite there are no new behaviors from human beings these days. The only difference is there are, are um, new things that they didn't have before, i.e. social media and technology, so it may prompt certain behaviors or it may make certain behaviors prevalent, yes. But we have, we have lost the understanding of humanity. We have lost the understanding on common sense things that need to be proliferated again. Once again, this is why the American mythos must change. This is why the racial mythos must change. Just look at it. They are changing the white mythos of white people. White people do have a culture. White people legitimately are the authors of Western civilization. There's no getting out of that. We've seen this in Europe. We've seen this um, in the West. We've seen this all over history. But now they, now the powers to be, are now framing whites as always the oppressor. This is why they have made it an uh, issue to make critical race theory a, a, a big thing because you got to understand this. The past is never going to change, but what about the past in respect to the future? What about the past in respect to the present? What do I mean by that? 
It's 2023. A hundred years from now, that generation is going to look back on us. And what are they going to see? We are the generation that okayed um, sex changes in children. We are the generation that okayed um, a group, an entirely group of people, excuse me, an entire group of people to basically celebrate their sexuality open in the streets. We are the group of people that have created or formulated a mythos that the next generation is going to either look back or and take note from or they're going to reject. And how it's looking, because we possess no responsibility and no accountability, they're going to further it. A report came out two months ago that said that a quarter of Gen Z classifies as LBGTQ. Now, I'm not homophobic at all. I don't have a problem with homosexuality but i understand the natural order of things and i do understand that if men and women aren't procreating that's going to be a problem for a society all of these issues are connected somehow and it's like we don't even possess the foresight to understand what needs to be done although it is common sense the solutions are right in front of our face but what do we always do just like i saw the people out today having blacks for trump in 96 degree weather saying they support President Trump. All cool, all fine and dandy, but he's not going to be the author to your solutions. The author to your solutions is going to be in the mirror. We need to focus on American values, but we have to create American values. We have no identity, ladies and gentlemen. The American dream is not what it used to be. In, in fact, I will go on a limb and say the American dream is now the American nightmare. Shout out to Cody Rhodes. It really is when you think about it. The American dream meant that if you work hard, you have faith in yourself, you're diligent, that all your dreams will come true. Family, values, all these things used to be the crux of what it means to be American. Now it's not even that anymore. It's not that anymore at all under any circumstance. We are more divided than we have ever been. A lot of people claim that they're looking for a revolution. A lot of people claim that we're looking forward towards civil war. No, no, no. Revolution is not good. Revolution is going to allow a lot of blood to be spilled for a, a people that are so docile right now. I don't want that. We are due for another renaissance. I've been saying this for the last three years. You can look me up in any interview I've done while I ran for Congress, Americans are due for another renaissance. We are due for a reformation. We are at that point again. I am tired of going on these cycles. You know, the cycle where they say uh, hard, um, weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong, time create, strong men create. No, I'm tired of that. Because we are not looking at this sensibly anymore. We continuously give in to our feelings. We continuously give in to our beliefs. We continuously give in to something that we don't know, something that we feel. We have to diminish this reptilian brain way of behavior, way of thinking. Because it doesn't make any sense. How, what do I mean by that? Every four to two years, you constantly vote between the lesser of two evils. Then you complain about the evil you're choosing, even though you're complicit in the evil. 
The powers to be understand this, and this is why they mock you, because you're too weak to do what's necessary for the results you want. And this is why they have their way with us time out and time again. We get taxed the way we get taxed and we shouldn't get taxed. We say that we free, but we have to pay a property tax and that property tax isn't paid. They can take our homes away. What type of freedom is that? Again, I have to ask you, what is the American mythos? Because they told us it was freedom. They told us it was it was liberty. They told us it was independent. But I do know for damn sure if you don't pay those taxes, that ass is getting locked away. Is that freedom? I know your tax money is going to Ukraine. Meanwhile, those those beautiful people in Wally has been struggling. And the president, I'm not going to even blame the president. Let me dial that back a little bit. You know what? I'm not going to blame the president because, again, he's a figurehead. He's simply the, the spokesperson for the nation. We place too much faith in these people and not faith in ourselves and each other. Beautiful people. It's very simple. I'm going to tell you this right here because I'm working on something that is or I feel like is going to um, provide the solutions that we need. But and I'll get into it another another date, but it's going to take work to be done. It's going to take people to really look in the mirror and make those hard decisions and have those hard conversations with themselves about what they're what they aren't doing so they can start doing something. When you look at the mythos of our country, when you look at the mythos of specific racial groups, you will find, again, that their beliefs is predicated on an understanding or confusion that they've held on to generationally. Again, I can use black people as the perfect example for this. When you look at the mythos of black people, there is not anything positive historically that comes from it why is that well because it sets up the table it sets up the dynamic of how we engage with each other if you tell a kid no matter their race that their history or their beginnings of people that look like them only come, only start in slavery and ever since slavery they are always oppressed they're always oppressed they're always oppressed People that look like them are always oppressed and only oppressed by people that look or lighter skin. That is going to formulate and shape how they feel about themselves and how I feel about the world. That is on a, a very minor scale. When you enlarge it to a national scale, when you enlarge it to a nation, it shows you how easy it is to dominate a group of people. How easy it is to separate a group of people. It is there in our faces, but we are continuously distracted. And the last thing I want to get on to, I saw another gentleman state um, that they wouldn't support a political candidate because of um, their religious beliefs. And I respect people's beliefs and I respect people's religion, but I think that it's time for us to dial that back a little bit because... Your leaders, your world leaders, your your most important people don't even believe what you believe. They just tell you that so you can feel comfortable. Again, we have to establish an American value system, and that value does not necessarily have to be predicated on beliefs, but it has to be predicated on what works. I don't care if you're Christian, Muslim, Krishna, or anything else. If you believe in civility, if you believe in self-respect, if you believe in honor, 
if you believe that you should respect me as your neighbor and that you should look out for me because I will look out for you. And ultimately, if you believe that um, you are going to do unto me as I will do unto you, that's all that matters. This, this ideal of placing beliefs, beliefs, not knowings, or not things that you know, so to speak, but beliefs before truth, this has got us into this mess. And we have to be better about this, ladies and gentlemen. We really do. Because if we want any type of change, we want America to be the country that we know it can be. If we want to live prosperous lives and, and allow our children to in, inherit the world the way or in a better way that we see fit, then there needs to be changes that take place. And it's going to only start from within. Again, I'm going to leave you people with thinking about what those values should be and how our mythos as a country and as a people needs to change because that is the only way we are going to be able to move forward and have success as a country and be that beacon of light and that house on the hill that our forefathers said that we would be until then we're going to continue to be within this cycle that never changes and we're going to continue to face those same problems and have those same complaints every election year until we look up and realize that the freedom that we think we or we thought we had is nothing like how it was years before and it was and how it was years before that and how it was years before that because it's not you listen to ATL Talks Radio and it's number one streaming talk radio station this is the Barrington Report I am Barrington Martin II you can listen to me every Thursday at 7 right here on ATL Talks Radio. The doors of the church are open. <laughs> Kidding. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and, of course, www.atltalks.com. Beautiful people. It's been good. Um, I see someone wanting to speak, but Mr. Panjit Gupta, on your on the basis of your bio, I can't let you speak, brother, so you're going to have to – I'm I, I got to screen you. You're going to have to say something. Or type me something because I can't let you talk when you when you got a bio like that. But anyways, I appreciate you all. I'm going to be back Thursday, uh, next Thursday at 7 to, to give you guys some more sermons on the mount. Just kidding. Shout out to Jesus. Um, please enjoy your weekend. Please be safe. And remember, if you want to know and want to learn how to love others, you must know how to love yourself. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I'll see you guys next Thursday at 7 right here on ATO Talks Radio. Peace.